0: Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or
1: tape recordings. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is you're listening to this. Welcome to Locked on ACC for Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. Hi, I'm Brian Wilmer of FB Schedules and College Hoops Digest. I'm your host. Glad you're here. Kind of a packed day today, as one might imagine, in rainy South Carolina. We'll talk college football recruiting off the jump. And I'm, I'm just going to warn you I am not a recruiting guru. If you're wanting in depth information about your favorite school's recruiting, check with them. Check with someone who does this for a living. I am not a recruiting guru, but we will talk about recruiting a bit. We'll also. Get into basketball from last night, tell you what's ahead for tonight, and look ahead to baseball and softball and where you can find some of that. We'll also tell you that you can contact us at LockedOnACC on on Twitter. You can also email the show LockedOnACC at gmail.com. If there's anything you want to share in a voice memo, send that to us. LockedOnACC at gmail.com. And if it's within a minute, if it's somewhat clean, and if it brings value, We will play it on the program. Let's go ahead and get started by talking about recruiting. And again, this is not going to be a recruiting program. If you are tuning in expecting to hear how your favorite school did or how many stars your guys got, I'm not your guy. But a couple of observations about recruiting. First of all, if you look at different recruiting services, they will tell you different things. USA Today seems to think of Brian Brzee, the Clemson commit, as being the top recruit in the nation. That's the way they classify it. By the way, while we're on the subject of recruiting and recruiting services, anytime you try to get me to look at your recruiting information by saying one of 100 slides, nope, I'm out. Not happening. That's what happened earlier today. Went to look at some recruiting information, saw one of 100 slides, and immediately closed that window. I thought we had stopped this with Bleacher Report a few years ago and all these other places that kind of communicated in slideshow form. Apparently that's back, so no thanks. We'll look at the 24-7 sports rankings of how they view ACC schools, and we'll start from the bottom up in the top 20. They have Florida State as the fourth-ranked officially fifth ranked unofficially ACC school as of the time we put this onto recording 245.07 points. They had 25 commits North Carolina, number 19, 246.95 points, 26 commits Miami just ahead of them. Number 18, 247.06 points, 21 commits. And then Notre Dame, if you count them officially, Unofficially, however it may be, they are 16th. What 24-7 Sports says about these ACC schools says Mike Norvell is hoping to secure a top-20 class in his first abbreviated cycle at Florida State, a group with nine four-stars and rated fourth in the ACC per the 24-7 Sports composite. Also mentioned Mack Brown at Carolina pulled in five players ranked inside the top 150 mentions that he's done a great job at recruiting several in-state rivals and the Tar Heel staff expects many 2020 newcomers to be early impact talents including 6 foot 6 wideout Desmond Evans. Let me again pause here for just a second while we're talking about recruiting. We'll talk about stars for just a second. Everybody talks about five stars, four stars, three stars, all this other stuff and you can have different Guys have different rankings on different systems. So if you have one guy who's a three-star here and a four-star here and another guy who's a two-star here and a three-star here, I saw a story this morning about a player that lost a star on National Signing Day. Call this what it is. This is recruiting as a business. It's not recruiting for getting fans interested in the guys that they're going to have playing for them for three, four, five years or until they go pro or transfer or whatever else, it is about selling recruiting as a business. There are people who do it a lot better than I. There are people who swear by star ratings. Watch some video on the kids that are committing to your programs. Read their bio. Get to know them a little bit. But don't be beholden to stars, please, whatever you do. If you are a sensible Football fan. If you are a football fan who wants to actually evaluate things for yourself along with taking the word of others, do that. 24 7, as you might imagine, has Clemson as the top ranked class, at least among ACC schools. They're number three nationally. Says they have 23 commits, five five stars, 12 four stars. Their comments on Clemson. They were ranked number one nationally at one point. The 2020 signing class remains the most star studded during Davos Sweeney's tenure, anchored by 10 players ranked inside the top 100 nationally. The Tigers signed the number one pro style quarterback, the top defensive tackle, the number one strong side defensive end, and the top ranked outside linebacker. Mentioned that it's unprecedented in Death Valley. Says with a stocked cover, the Tigers are well on their way to another appearance in the college football playoff a team gunning for its third national championship in five seasons in 2020. I think we probably understand that Clemson is a top five recruiting team, no matter which service you uh, believe is gospel, no matter to which voices you subscribe. But I will say very briefly, there are a couple of things that have kind of confused the recruiting process even further. When you look at National Signing Day, you have multiple national signing days now, and it's good because some kids can sign early, they can start at school, some kids get to sign later, uh, whatever it is that, that may be a benefit to these kids, that's what we should be looking for is benefiting kids. But the multiple national signing days and combining all of those into the same class and then a guy starts in gray shirts and they move him back into this class and all that, it, it just confuses the brain so badly. Kind of sours you on recruiting a bit. The one final thing I'll say about recruiting, we'll take the first break of the program, we'll make this a short first segment, we'll talk about basketball, baseball, softball, et cetera, et cetera. If we can't agree on how to rank recruits, if we can't agree on recruiting services, whatever it may be, can we all agree on at least one thing that one thing, that message, I beg of all of you never, ever, under any circumstance, tweet at recruits. Whether it is a recruit that shows your school, whether it's a recruit that didn't choose your school, whatever it is, never tweet at them, period. This is the official word from Locked On ACC never tweet at recruits. You see the stuff about please respect my decision. And there was a big conversation about this yesterday, about whether or not it's necessary to put in please respect my decision when a player makes his commitment. You'd love to think that that isn't necessary. You'd love to think that guys can just announce where they're going to school and you can be happy for them. But look at the online environment these days. Not possible. Because people want to go ruin an 18-year-old kid's life based off of where he decided to go to school or decided not to go to school. I get it. You're upset. You want your team to be the best. You want your team to get the best kids it can get. It's a kid. I don't care if they're an adult. It's a kid. Let them decide where they want to go to school. Let them decide for which coach they want to play for the next however long. Let them be happy. These kids are living their dream. They get to come up. They get to play, in our case, in the ACC. They are realizing something they've wanted to do for years. Let them have this day. Stop. Enough of the message board mentality. Enough of the tweeting at recruits mentality. I know that hashtag Cruton is a big business. I know that everybody wants to Weigh in. The best thing that happened to sports is the 24-hour news cycle. The worst thing that happened to sports is the 24-hour news cycle. Celebrate your school's success. If they didn't recruit as well, hope that your coaches can coach up those kids. But whatever you do, put down Twitter for today. Go outside. Even if you're in South Carolina and it's raining, go outside and enjoy the fresh air. Don't tweet At recruits, this your unsolicited advice from your friendly local neighborhood host on Locked On ACC. Now that I've done that, first break time. We'll come back talk some basketball. You're listening to Locked On ACC. Welcome back. This is Locked On ACC, February fifth. 2020 I am Brian Wilmer I'm your host at sports matters on Twitter is my personal way to contact me you can contact the program at locked on ACC on Twitter or email locked at gmail.com let's take a spin around ACC basketball last night just two games but two fairly significant games for different reasons Duke beat Boston College last night 63 55 in Chestnut Hill and Ho-hum, another Vernon Carey double-double, 17 points, 10 boards. He was in foul trouble most of the night, though, only limited to 28 minutes. But another solid night for Carey. Trey Jones joined him in doubles, actually led the Blue Devils. He had 18 points and dished out four of the Blue Devils' 10 helpers on the night. Duke shot 48.4%, 15 of 31 in the closing 20, which balanced out their, let's call it what it is, pathetic 21 point. first-half effort. Derek Thornton led everybody for BC. He poured in 21 on 7 for 13 from the floor and 7 of 8 from the line. But it is a bit of a concern that he committed 6 of Boston College's 17 miscues on the night. 17 turnovers in the ACC is not good. Jay Heath added 12 points and 9 boards for the Eagles. Mention those 17 turnovers. They led to 18 Duke points. Duke's 11 turnovers only 11 Boston College points. This is an ACC game. We talked about three-point shooting on this program earlier in the week. These two teams combined to go three for 33 from beyond the arc. They were a staggering combined 0 for 21 in the first half. That's about as bad as the game earlier this year between uh, Duquesne and I believe it was Lipscomb or Belmont, where they were a combined one of 40 from three. Duke tried just three triples in the second half and connected on one. Of course, if you ask Mike Krzyzewski, he has some different thoughts on what exactly happened with his club last night, this courtesy of the News and Observer.
0: The last eight minutes offensively, was that the defense kind of getting the offense going there? Yeah, well, we got got a couple steals. And, uh, you know, we missed six shots by the bucket in the first eight minutes. We uh, Even at the end, we missed right by the bucket. So this was a, a you know, when we go young, when we're young, we, we try to score, we try to shoot there. And when you're by the bucket, you don't try to shoot, you try to score. It's a big difference. You know, you try to shoot, you might... You know, there's the bucket, you might go here. You Try to score, you're going in here. So you're either going to get the bucket, fouled, or both. Here, you're not going to get a call because you haven't worked for it. Like, it's not like we were getting fouled. We were shooting the ball. And then what happens then is there's a lot of stuff underneath, you know, body-wise. And so if you're just shooting it, you're shooting at a moving target because you're going to be hit. Whereas if you're trying to score, you're right there. Anyway, it makes sense. I've been doing it for 45 years. There's a big difference between shooting and scoring by the bucket. Winning teams score the ball. They don't shoot the ball by the bucket. And uh, we didn't do that tonight. Until late, Trey got a couple. You know, but overall, we, you know, we weren't as tough as we needed to be, and they were really tough. Can you
1: talk about how your young guys were able to
0: handle some of the adversity, adversity on the road? I'm sorry? Can you I'm talk d- about how you, your young guys were able to handle all this adversity on the, on the road? No, they, well, they have a lot of adversity with me because they, they didn't listen to me. So they're in trouble with me. And uh, that's the main adversity they yeah. have because uh, it's stupid not to listen. Uh, it's stupid not to listen you know i warned them for two days about it and and i knew yeah i've been watching i've watched their recent games they've been playing great not good this guy's a good coach man you know these kids play their butts off and uh, i thought they did that even better than what i've seen in the last three games they took it up a, a notch they were very good tonight they were certainly deserving of winning. We, we were fortunate. We were, we were fortunate tonight.
1: Okay, so a couple of comments there about Coach K. First of all, can we, before we proceed any further here, can we just agree to stop with the talk about questions? I mean, that one was tough to listen to for a couple of reasons, but let's just, let's not ask talk about questions anymore. I digress. To Coach K's point, One of the things I find interesting, and I find this at pretty much every level of basketball, he talked about trying to shoot the ball in the paint. I'm not completely sure this is where he was going with it, but this is my hypothesis. And if you feel that I'm incorrect, let's talk about it. But the way I see it, you see a lot of guys get into the paint, and instead of going strong to the basket as their first move, they'll try and get cute, they'll try a fadeaway, They'll try and create odd angles for themselves. And some of those go in. You'll see these strange fadeaways that sometimes convert. But you're always taught from the time you're seven years old, when you get the basketball down in the blocks, go up strong. Absorb contact and finish through the contact. That's my hypothesis about where he's going with that. He mentioned also going young and how going young led to that. I'd be curious to unpack that a bit more. Of course, we don't have the context around it, but I'd love to find out a little more about why it is that the going young is what's leading to this. He also mentioned his team didn't listen. This is something else you'll hear a lot from coaches when they talk about attention to detail, attention to the scout. If you're uninitiated and it's quite possible, the scout obviously being the game plan that's put together before each game. And you hear a lot of comments that are somewhat cryptic in pressers about attention to detail, attention to the scout. It sounds as though Kay's saying they were prepared for this, they were prepared for the effort they were going to get, they were prepared that they would need to finish through contact, and just didn't adhere to the scout, didn't pay attention to detail. I'm somewhat torn on whether that's tossing your kids under the bus or stating fact. But that's the impression I get from hearing that. The other game last night involved Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. And most likely, not definitely, but most likely, here's Virginia Tech and their treatment of their likely NCAA birth possibilities last night. Maybe I'm wrong. It's possible. Georgia Tech... 76, Virginia Tech 57 last night. Four Yellow Jackets finished in double figures, and those four nearly outscored the Hokies by themselves. Those four had 56 points, Tech had 57. Jose Alvarado had 20, Moses Wright 14, Michael DeVoe 12 in his return, and Bubba Parham had 10 for Josh Passner's crew. The Hokies outscored Georgia Tech 39-38 in the second half, but That didn't really matter a whole lot because the Jackets boat raced the Hokies 38-18 in the first. A Tyrese Radford jumper knifed the Yellow Jacket lead to 5 at 14-9, which then spurred a 24-9 Georgia Tech run over the final 13-39 of the first half. Alvarado had 19 of those 20 in the first half. None of his five tries in the second half found the net. Radford led the Hokies with 12. He hit 5 of 9. Landers Nolley had 10. He only went 4 of 14 from the floor and 1 of 9 from 3. Georgia Tech amazingly scored 1.188 points per possession on 64 trips. They scored 54.7% of the time and turned it over just 15.6% of the time. Tech took 63 trips and tallied .905 points per possession. They scored just 42.9% of those treks. They coughed it up 15.9% of the time. Tonight around the circuit, 14-8 Pittsburgh at 13-8 Notre Dame. That is a 6-30 tip over ACC Network. Notre Dame minus 6 tonight. 11-10 Clemson at 14-6 Virginia. That is an RSN game. So whatever Fox Sports affiliate or local affiliate is picking up that game, you can find that there. Virginia minus 8 tonight against the Tigers. 14-8 14-8 NC State at 11-10 Miami. That's an 8-30 start over ACC Network. State only minus three at Miami. Interesting. Now, you know that the home team apparently gets the minus three in a lot of cases. So, probably State is six points better, but still, that's a small number. And then, 10-11 and 11, Wake Forest at number five Louisville. Ouch. Louisville 19-3. and three. 9 o'clock tip over ESPN2, Louisville minus 16 against the Demon Deacons. That's your schedule for tonight around the ACC. Fun final few weeks coming up in the league. We have teams trying to play their way in, teams obviously playing their way out. We'll break it all down as it happens for you. But speaking of breaks, it's time for the second break of this here Locked On ACC program. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is that Locked On ACC is a great way for your local business to reach passionate ACC fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with ACC fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income... Let's put your company right here on Locked On ACC. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back. This is Locked on ACC, February 5th, 2020. One more segment left in the program. Let's talk some baseball and softball. But before we do, I want to acknowledge something that's going to lead us into talking about baseball and softball. Today, as of the time we're putting down this program, February 5th, 2020, today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. And I wanted to take a moment before we proceed to recognize those who are doing great things in the field of sport. And I don't mean just necessarily as players. There are a number of great female writers, broadcasters, people who are behind the scenes, SIDs, people I've had the the privilege to know who are doing great things and not just advancing their school's cause or their individual outlets cause. They are advancing the cause of women in sport. So to them, happy National Girls and Women in Sports Day. There are a lot of great women doing great things in sport. And if you know one, be sure to shout them out today. Let's talk briefly, since it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, let's talk about softball. Because softball is also coming up. We talked about baseball yesterday. We'll talk about baseball again in a minute. But let's talk about softball. It was released to the ACC Network will be featuring over 35 softball games coming up this season. You'll have a lot of other sports on the ACC Network, of course. All spring sports, men's, women's lacrosse, baseball. Again, we'll talk about that in a minute, etc. But softball will have quite the presence on ACC Network this year. 35-plus games, as we mentioned. 20 conference matchups. It all starts February 12th, so a week from today. Clemson makes its first-ever foray into softball. They'll be hosting Western Carolina at Clemson Softball Stadium. That will be carried over ACC Network, games starting at 2.30 and roughly 5. That'll kick off the ACC Network's coverage of softball for the 2020 season. The ACC Network will also carry the preliminary rounds of the ACC Softball Championship. It's being held May 6th through 8th at Louisville's Ulmer Stadium. The ACC softball championship game will be on ESPN on Saturday, May 9th. But some of the games to look at on the ACC softball side, we mentioned that Western Clemson doubleheader. Oklahoma State, Virginia Tech on the 13th. That is a 10 a.m. first pitch. Notre Dame-Duke, Boston College-Louisville, pretty big games. Two of the games between Louisville and Florida State, those are on March 21st, 22nd. Florida State number eight in the nation. Seven o'clock first pitch for the March 21st game, five o'clock on March 22nd. Florida State will get a lot of run, as you might imagine, on the ACC network. They will also be on March 29th. They host Georgia Tech. That is a seven o'clock first pitch. April 5th, they'll be at Notre Dame. Also a seven o'clock first pitch. An interesting matchup, not an ACC matchup, but an interesting matchup if you know softball at all. April 13th, 6 o'clock, Louisiana Lafayette at Florida State. The University of Louisiana, inside joke, I won't go into it, but the University of Louisiana, Louisiana Lafayette, however you want to address them, at Florida State. Florida State then appears at Clemson, April 19th, 3.30, the first pitch for that, and then May 2nd and May 3rd, Florida State at Virginia Tech, 4 o'clock on the 2nd of May, 3.30, on May 3rd. And again, the first round quarterfinals and semifinals of the ACC softball tournament will appear on the ACC network. Now over to baseball, because we've seen the ACC release come out for baseball as well. There's a lot of ACC baseball coming up on the ACC network. Over 70 baseball games on the ACC network this spring. They will carry full... Weekend series, six times. Those six series, number 16, North Carolina at number 20, Duke. That is March 13th through 15th. Number seven, Miami at number 20, Duke. March 27th through 29th. Number 14, Florida State at number 24, Wake Forest, April 17th through 19th. Number two, Louisville at number 14, Florida State, May 1st through 3rd. Number 18, NC State at number two, Louisville, May 8th through 10th. And the always fun number 16, North Carolina at Virginia May 14th through 16th. Those full series will be on ACC Network along with a number of other games. The ACC Network will also exclusively feature the semifinals of the ACC Baseball Championship on May 23rd. That is from BB&T Ballpark in Charlotte. The ACC Baseball Championship will air over ESPN2 this year, Sunday, May 24th. We told you yesterday about the 1186 to Omaha documentary that will air Sunday night 9 p.m. over ACC Network chronicling the 2015 College World Series champion Virginia Cavaliers. The ACC has eight teams ranked in the USA Today Coaches Top 25. Louisville ranked second, Miami number seven, Florida State 14, North Carolina 16, NC State 18, Duke number 20, Georgia Tech number 22, and Wake Forest number 24. The ACC Network slate kicks off this year, Wednesday, February 19th, so two weeks from today, a 3 p.m. first pitch for Wright State at Louisville, a few other games before the conference schedule gets underway, February 26th, South Florida at Miami, March 3rd, UNCG at North Carolina, and March 4th, Coastal Carolina at NC State, all of those 3 o'clock first pitches. Then we get into conference play, the first conference game the ACC Network will carry this year, Friday, March 6th, 3 o'clock, Pitt at Miami, NC State at Virginia later on that weekend, there's a 3 o'clock first pitch on Sunday, March 8th, some other games later on in the year of note. Some of the interesting midweek matchups that you'll see, Penn State at Pitt, not really necessarily a baseball powerhouse between those two, but anytime Penn State and Pitt play each other. Always fun. Coastal Carolina at Clemson. That game happens March 24th. Coastal, just a couple of years off of a World Series championship. Cincinnati-Louisville, always fun. JMU at Virginia Tech, always fun. Campbell at NC State. Campbell's been among the top teams in the Big South Conference for quite a while. Old Dominion-Virginia Tech. A lot of amusing non-conference games as well, being carried over the ACC network. So there you have your baseball and softball schedules for the ACC network for the 2020 season. For the full schedules, you can visit theacc.com and find out when your team is playing on the ACC network. That will bring to a close the February 5th, 2020 edition of Locked on ACC. Again, if you want to contact us, we are at LockedOnACC.com. On Twitter. I am personally at Sports Matters on Twitter. If you want to follow me, follow the show. You can also email us, lockedonacc@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And if you want to submit your own thoughts for the program, email them in a voice memo, lockedonacc@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And we'll be happy to play those. So there you have it. Locked on ACC episode number three, February 5th, 2020, in the books. Join us right back here tomorrow talk about tonight's basketball and much, much more. Until tomorrow. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This has been Locked on ACC. Love you. Mean it. (laughs)